0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Alright. Well, how was everybody doing tonight? Excellent. I appreciate that that hand clap. That single hand clap from the bearded gentleman on Oh, there, there we go. <laughs> hey, 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 we'll take it. Um, uh, well, as you can see, uh, Pastor and Mrs. P are, uh, not here tonight. Uh, they're out, they've been out working on, uh, on their ranch and I, I don't know quite the whole story. I think my mom may have pulled a, her muscle or something out there trying to, uh, overexert herself on, uh, but she's fine. She's fine. She just was staying home tonight and rest, which meant my dad stayed home with her. And then, um, Pastor Dave has been scheduled to, uh, to minister to the youth. For like the last two or three months, they've been like looking forward to Pastor Dave being in here, in there with them. And so uh, whenever uh, Mrs. Pastor and Pastor called off, normally it would go to Pastor Dave. Uh, but he's like, I can't tonight. And so uh, that means uh, they bring in uh, the fourth string, I, could, I guess you could say, which is me. <laughs> <laughs> if I hear any more of those Tom Brady cracks, I will have you removed. Just kidding. I know. Thank you. Just kidding. Um, but uh, I didn't have very much uh, time to prepare. And so uh, we're going to do uh, what we're, we're going to talk about something that we actually talked about uh, Friday night at the marriage group. Uh, and so uh, if you were uh, at the marriage group on Friday, I apologize. You'll probably hear a lot of the same stuff over again because uh, I did not have time to get a bunch of fresh notes. But most of you were not there. So I think that uh, it will minister to you anyways. Uh, because as, a, as I was speaking this lesson, uh, to the marriage group, uh, uh, our brother Chuck, who was on base tonight, uh, point, pointed out that, uh, even though it's good information for married couples, it's also something that we should all be doing. Um, and so what we're going to talk about tonight is what is true love? What is true love? Um, and, uh, if you don't mind, let's bow our heads. I want to pray for us, and then we will uh, we'll get into it. So, Father God, in Jesus' name, we just we love you, Lord God, and we're so thankful. Like we say tonight, that uh, that it is your amazing love, Lord, that uh, even while we were still sinners, that that Christ died for us, Lord. So we're so thankful for your love. It's just beyond anything that we could comprehend. And so tonight, uh, we just want to take a few minutes to learn a little bit more about how we can uh love you, love each other, uh, and, and just be more like you in all that we do. So uh I ask that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide me as I speak tonight and uh help us all to have attentive hearts, attentive minds, and just receive everything that you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh what is true love? And uh if you want, you can flip over to first Corinthians thirteen, uh and we're gonna read that in a second. But uh I thought this was, uh as I was getting ready for the marriage group, I was like, well, you know, February's Valentine's month. We're all, hopefully at the marriage group, we're whole, hopefully all in love with each other. But I don't know. Sometimes you <laughs> wonder. Just kidding. Um, but I thought that would be a good topic for the month of February, plus something the Bible tells us that uh, God himself is love. And so. Uh, it's one of the most important things that we need to work on is uh, is loving, loving uh, God, loving each other, especially loving our uh, our spouse, our family. So uh, let's see what true love is. Let's look uh First Corinthians 13. And let's go down to verse uh, number four. And it says uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous, or boastful, or proud, or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So that is a very long biblical definition of what God says love is. So I wanted to just take a few minutes tonight and break this, break it down. Because uh, I know for me, I've read this verse a hundred times, probably a thousand times. And it's real easy to just read it. Okay, yeah, love is patient, love is kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take your five minutes in the morning and then just uh, almost like the Bible says, you forget it. Sometimes you read it and instantly forget what you just read. I mean, has anybody ever done that before, read something, and then you like walk away and you're like, wait a minute, what did I even read five minutes ago? Um, And I don't want us to do that tonight, so I want us to break this down. Um, So let's just take it one thing at a time. The first thing it says, if we're going to walk and live in true godly love, is that love is patient. And I looked up uh, the definition of the word patient, and it says... That uh, being patient is bearing provocation, annoyance, misfortune, delay, hardship, pain, etc. with fortitude and calm and without complaint, complaint, anger, or the like. So if we're truly going to walk in God's love, we must be patient. Um. And as I was thinking about this, uh, I've used this example before, but, uh, you know, if your wife is getting, taking extra long to get ready, uh, and you just want to get out of there and get, you know, go wherever you got to go, you just need to, to be patient and relax and just go with the flow because true love is patient. Uh, now honestly, in our relationship, uh, you couldn't tell by looking at us, but, uh, most of the time Julie is the one waiting on me to get ready because I have this weird obsession with my beard and I, and I'm like, I probably take, spend more time on my beard than she does on her hair. And like, uh, I don't know. So I'm always like, and I, she gets so annoyed at me, I'm always looking at her, hey, how's my beard look? I'm like, I'm not above fishing for compliments. Thank you. Thank you. Yours is looking fine as well. Thank you. Uh, I, was tell- I was telling the marriage group on Friday, though, uh, I've just been extra obnoxious with my beard lately because uh, I bought this electric comb. that. Because I comb my beard every day anyways. Brush. Thank you. Sometimes my wife throws off my groove on the front row. But she's so pretty, I just can't stop and think, um, but uh, I bought an electric brush because I already brush my beard every day. But this electric brush, uh it's a straightener. So as I'm combing my beard, which I was already doing, it straightens it. And so instead of pooping out sideways, it gets longer. And I just think it's the most awesome thing. And she just pretty much just rolls her eyes at me and does not think it's the most awesome thing. And she's like, OK, you're making me late for church or wherever we got to go. But... That's her getting her chance to be patient with her husband. <laughs> you know, it's funny uh, that uh, our, you know, we've been reading our, uh, our uh, church scripture, which talks about not forsaking the meeting together of the saints, um, which is a real important scripture. But uh, the scripture before that, maybe it's before it or after it, says that we're to provoke one another to love and good works. And so my dad, ever since I was a little kid, any time that he would do something uh, annoying towards my mom, he'd say, it's all right, it's all right. I'm just provoking you to love and good works. And uh, I don't know, I think he may have been taking that one out of context. Maybe just a little bit, but you know what? They've had a great marriage, so whatever works for them. <laughs> but we, uh, true love is patient. I'm not used to having... I usually, uh, have my smaller Bible in my notes. Uh, so I'm, my Bible's knocking my notes off the, the thing. That's alright. Another scripture that goes kind of along, right along with that, uh, is Philippians 2.14 and it says that we're to do everything without complaining and arguing. And, uh, you know, uh, Julie at home, she has this little, uh, chalkboard that she writes scriptures on. And I've noticed that uh, subconsciously her scriptures change uh, depending on how irritating I've been that week. <laughs> and so a lot of times I'll look over and she's got this one written down on her daily uh, chalkboard. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Probably because I'm upstairs taking a half hour to, to comb my, my stupid beard. But I'm provoking her to love and good works. Um, but you have to be patient. You have to be patient, because if you're not patient, then you're not walking in true godly love. But uh, it also says that love is kind. Uh, and I think sometimes we forget that the most important people that we need to be kind towards is our own family. Um, kind means being friendly, generous, considerate. And uh, I think sometimes... You know, maybe we work with some rough people or whatever, and we feel like uh, we're doing good by just going the extra mile, turning the other cheek and being nice to these people at work all day. And then we get home and we take out all of that frustration on our wife or our kids or our family. Um, but honestly, the people above all that I think that you should be especially kind to is your own family. Because, I mean, you have to live with them, right? Um and and on top of all that, Jesus has called us to love and to be kind. So you need to just always be asking yourself, you know, am I being friendly, generous, kind to my family? Um, I think I think my beard's making the microphone scrape. Sorry. I probably shouldn't have combed it down tonight. But you have you have to ask yourself, you know, am I being friendly, generous, considerate, kind to my wife, to my kids? To, uh, to my parents, to you know, to whoever. Because if you're not, then you aren't having true godly love. But uh, it also tells us that love is not jealous. We cannot be jealous of our families and of our spouses. Now, I, I did tell the marriage group that you know, not being jealous, that doesn't mean that my wife's allowed to go out on romantic dates that don't include me. Because uh, there's going to be a little bit of a problem if, if that starts happening. But I think uh, I think this uh, verse is talking particularly about being envious of someone's success. And uh, something that uh, that I've seen and that I've uh, seen other people talk about is a lot of times if you have a, a successful spouse, uh, the other spouse unfortunately it feels like it's their, you know, their calling to bring that spouse back to size, you know, like, you know, well, everybody thinks you're so great, but I'm the one that lives with you. I know what you're really like. Uh, and they feel like it's their job to bring the, uh, the other spouse down to size. And that's not what we're supposed to do. Love is not jealous. Love is not envious like that. Uh, we need to be lifting up. Our spouses, we need, if you're, uh, we need to be lifting up everybody around us. You can't be envious of anybody that's had success. Because um, love does not do that. But along those same lines, it also says that love does not boast. So uh, if you are the more successful person, you can't go around boasting about it, because then you're no better off than the person who's envious of the success. Nobody likes a bragger or a one-upper and coincidentally, love does not do any of these things. Along those same lines, uh, it says love is not proud. And sometimes, uh, when you, when I first hear the word proud, I think of, you know, of arrogance or conceit, someone who's just full of themselves. But, uh, it's not just that. It's also uh, a sense of superiority, you know, feeling like you're better than someone else, uh, feeling like you're better than your family, your friends, your spouse. That's not walking in love. Uh, Being proud is just always insisting that you're right. You always have to be right. That's not walking in love. That's being, that's being prideful. Um, Having a a sense of self-preservation, you know, anytime something goes wrong, you just Throw whoever's closest right under the bus because you don't want to get in trouble for it. That's being proud. That's not walking in love. Yeah. Something my dad always talks about. Uh, I don't know if it quite goes along with this, but there's a, a scripture in Proverbs that says that uh, a righteous man uh, swears to their own hurt. Uh, and it talks about... He always takes that to mean, you know, if he tells uh, someone he's going to do something... He's gonna do it even if it hurts him, because he's put his word out there. Uh, he's not gonna, uh, he's not gonna say, "Well, I forgot" or whatever, or you know, you know, why didn't my wife remind me? He's gonna make sure it happens, and that's why he's very careful when he gives his word to, because, uh, because once he gives his word, it's gonna happen even if it, even if it hurts him, and he's not gonna blame someone else for it or whatever. He just takes responsibility for it. Um, something else about being proud is, you know, lack of submission. You know, if you're not wanting to uh, to listen to your boss because you think your boss is a moron or whatever, or, or uh, you're not wanting to listen to your spouse, uh, if, even if they've got good ideas, because uh, the Bible does talk uh, in Ephesians about husbands and wives, you know, wives submit to your husbands. But I think a lot of us uh, miss that the verse... Uh, a couple verses above that, Ephesians 5.31 says that we're all supposed to submit to one another out of respect for Christ. Uh, we're called to just submit. And I think sometimes we don't like that word submit, but all it really means in the modern day and age is, is just to listen to each other. You need to listen to each other and value their opinions. Otherwise, you're being proud and you're not walking in this true godly love. And then something else about... Uh, about being proud, it's another thing. Is sometimes it's just when you're not receiving correction, you know. Uh, uh, especially, uh, I think in the spiritual sense, if the pastor or something or one of your brothers and sisters uh, sees you doing something and they just want to help you and they're not trying to be mean or, or uh, they're not, you know, trying to make you feel bad or judgmental or whatever, but they're just like, you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't do that, and you're just like, well, I'm just going to do what I want that's being proud and that is not true love so you can love is not proud also love is not rude and i wrote this here you know just like being kind you should especially never be rude to your own family um, and i'm going to talk just for a minute to the husbands and wives and you can all the rest of you can listen and maybe one of these days uh you know if you want to get married you can just file this in the back of your head and remember it but i think that this love not being rude is is one that especially i feel like us men struggle with um for example i i very much love my wife and i uh, enjoy having husband and wife time with my wife uh but if I'm just sitting in the recliner, belching, scratching my gut, and just wondering all day where my sandwich is, I'm only hurting my own chances of that happening later in the day or whenever. Hey, we're all adults in here, I think. I don't see any, too many children. If, if they do, just earmuffs. If, if this is all scriptural, though. Uh, we won't go into that because you guys don't want to get me started there. But you can't be rude to your family and uh, especially as men, you know, don't be rude to your wives, be nice and loving to your wives. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I should, yeah, the women should, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. And, and that's something else at the, at the, uh, at the, uh, uh, marriage meeting. Some of the wives were pointing out, you know, that they should be taking notes too. Cause I talk to I talk to men a lot because I am a man, but women, you can't be rude to your husband either. Uh, it goes for everybody. Being kind, uh, don't be rude to each other. And then uh, I did write myself a giant note on here to uh, to quit being rude to my wife. Just just kidding. I'm not I'm not as, I'm not rude to her too much. I don't know. She'll correct me later, but just kidding. Um, but don't be rude. You know. Be um, the other thing is that love does not demand its own way. This is another one I think that uh, that us men should really take note of. You know, the next time you're having some petty argument with your wife, that doesn't really matter about anything, why don't you maybe just let her win or something? Because, like, you know, like they say, happy wife, happy life. I don't know, a lot of times it's something stupid. I was telling the, you know, the... The, the guys at the marriage meeting, you know next time she wants to go to to Burger King instead of taco Bell or whatever, just let her because it doesn't matter, and it keeps her happy and when she's happy in the long run, you are happy uh, i just don't i don't get you know these guys are like it's it's my way or the highway you know let let your wife win the argument it doesn't it doesn't hurt anything, and it's also just uh Goes right along with not being proud. There's nothing wrong with letting your wife choose where you're going to dinner. If she so chooses. Now, I will, uh, if you've got a wife that can never figure out where she's gonna go to dinner, you just pick dinner and you go. Cause sometimes, <laughs> something else I could, I don't know why I get so off topic, but with Julie I found that, uh, and you'll learn your wives the longer you're married that, uh, If I really want to go somewhere, I can subliminally, subliminally plant that in her head, and she'll think that it's her idea, and then we get to go. (laughs) That's just a, that's a little tip for all of you. Yeah, it it did, it probably goes, well. she'll be like, you know, I think I could go for a burger, and I'm like, you know, that burrito we had the other day was pretty good. And she'll be like, I want burritos, and then we both win because I get the burritos that I wanted so badly, and she gets to feel like she chose where we're going for dinner. So just uh, file that one away. It, c- it could help you out in the long run. <laughs> so love does not demand its own way, but uh, also love is not irritable. So that means it's not easily angered. Uh, it doesn't fly off the handle. You can't be a type of person that flies off the handle and still be walking in true, godly love. You've got to be calm, cool, collected. And just don't let things get to you. And uh, James one, uh, in James 1, it tells us that we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So the Bible uh, wouldn't have told us this if it was not something that we could do, because the Bible doesn't tell us to do things that we can't do. And uh, this is another one of the scriptures that you will frequently uh, find on Julie's chalkboard at home because uh, she has to live with me. And the kids, I guess. They're probably, I mean, no one would ever get angry at me, just kidding. Um, but be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, because if you're irritable, you're not walking in true godly love. And here, this next one is a big one. It's so big that I'm going to take a sip of water first. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> It says that love keeps no record of being wronged. And uh, uh, Brother Hagen, who uh, is a big influence on my, on my dad and even on me and Pastor David, and, and all of us here at the church, he said that this is, is what he calls the love test. If you always remember the people have wronged you and you hold it against them, then you are not walking in true godly love. Because love forgives, and forgets. The Bible tells us all over that Jesus forgives us and He forgets our sins. Once uh, He forgives us, He literally forgets it and never thinks about it or brings it up ever again. And I think this is uh, where some of us can get a little confused because the Bible talks about, you know, God uh, forgetting our sins. And and, they, and I think they almost think like He uses His God powers to just completely wipe it from His mind. But it, the Bible tells us that He chooses to forget our sins. So it's not like he's looking at, you know, that one there. There's something that really ticks me off about her, but I can't quite remember what it is. What he does is he chooses not to remember the things we've done. And that's what we have to do. It's not like, uh, you know, God's going to, men in black, magically wipe our memory and we won't remember the things that our wife or our kids or someone at work did to us. We have to choose to forget those things. Because if you hold on to those, then you're not truly walking in love. And that means that you forget it and you never bring it up again. Uh, you know, I'm sure if I really tried, I could probably think of a couple of irritating things that Julie's done to me over the, uh, how long we've we been married? Almost ten, nine years? Nine years. If I wanted to, I could probably think of one or two things that she's done to me. And if she really wanted to, she could probably think of a couple hundred that I've done to her. But if we do that, then we'd have a miserable marriage. You can't keep a list of all the times that you've made each other mad. You just have to forget it. Because true godly love forgives and forgets. Also, love does not rejoice, it says, uh, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Uh, so I just made a little note, you know, just to, uh, I think that what this really means uh, is that, you know, love doesn't get mad, you know, when your enemy stubs their toe, but rather it, it cele- or get, doesn't get happy when your enemy stubs their toe, but rather it celebrates when they find that $20 bill on the ground. Because uh, you're looking... Celebrating with people and not uh, rejoicing when bad things happen, but rejoicing instead when good things happen, even if it's someone that you don't get along with. So it always rejoices when the truth runs out. And also, love never gives up. God never gives up on us, no matter how many stupid things we've done and We've all done stupid things. The Bible, I was reading this morning in our daily scripture about how uh, all of us have sinned at some point. But God never gives up on us. And we can't give up on our our friends, our family, our spouse. You have to keep going along. Uh, The next part of this verse says that love never loses faith. So you never give up on those around you. You never lose faith in them. You know, now, I did put a note here that if you have a friend who's just extra forgetful and they've left you uh, out in the rain when they're supposed to give you a ride, maybe get some other someone else to pick you up next time. But in general, you need to just be trusting and loving because that's what God calls us to. Uh, it also tells us here that love is always hopeful. And this is a big one. Uh, in the Amplified Version of the Bible, it says uh for this verse it expounds on it and it says that love is always ready to believe the best of every person so when someone does something crazy you expect you know you don't your mind doesn't instantly go to, to you know they're a terrible person or whatever your mind just believes the best and that's what true love is uh i wrote myself a note you know if i see a, a punk looking teenager uh, out on the street at night minding their own business, I need to train myself to assume that maybe they're heading home from their job rather than just some punk teenager looking to, to pull some shenanigans. Because love expects the best of every person. Uh, let me see if I can remember this story real quick. I, I know uh, Pastor Dave told the story about uh, a pastor who they uh, someone had seen what they thought was the pastor smoking a cigarette In his car, and I think they approached actually Brother Hagen about it. And, uh, Brother Hagen embodied this scripture. He's like, you know what? I don't know what that pastor was doing, uh, I'm, but I'm, I'm not gonna just assume based on your word. He's like, for all I know, maybe he was trying to write himself a note and had to put his pen in his mouth for a minute. Because he, he trained himself to naturally assume the best rather than assuming the worst. And that's a hard one, but we have to do that because love, always believes the best rather than believing the worst. The last thing it says here is that love always endures through every circumstance. And that means that uh, it endures, it perseveres. Uh, Persevere, I looked up that definition, and it means that you're going to continue in a course of action even in the face of, of difficulty or with little prospect of success. So even if your situation looks hopeless uh, with your family, with your wife, your kids, whatever, it may seem like it's pointless to keep on loving someone, but love, can, uh, true Bible love, continues loving no matter what it looks like. Even if it seems like it's not working, you never give up, you never quit loving. Because you're going to keep going no matter what it looks like. Um... I want us to read uh, 1 Corinthians 13 one more time now that we've just taken a few minutes. Uh, if you guys put that up on the screen, maybe it'd be cool if we all just read that together. Uh, because it's good to, to hear ourselves speaking God's Word. So let's. Uh, it's up on the screen there. Let's all read this together. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And then the last scripture I'll read you tonight uh, is down in verse 13 of this same chapter. And it says... uh, Three things will last forever: faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So, the greatest of all of this, of all of the fruits of the spirit of everything, is this love, and that's what it tells us there. Um, at this point, uh, I'll have the worship team uh, come up if they can.